Hi, I'm Megan Hayward. I'm a podcast producer at Edu Audio and I produce Mina AF and On the Road and a few of our other little shows. Hey, podcast besties. Welcome back to the show dedicated to making your podcast the best it can be. I'm Courtney Kosak, your BFF in helping you grow and monetize your show. And today's special guest bestie is Megan Hayward from Edit Audio. And we are very, very lucky because she has the most delightful British accent and it is very easy on the ears. So Megan is here because last month I saw on Twitter that the show she's producing hit 100,000 downloads. And the show is called Mina AF. It's hosted by Mina, who is an HGTV star. So we are going to talk about how Megan and the team approach the creative and producing on this new show by engaging Mina's pre-existing audience. And Megan also shares tips on how to get started in freelance producing, the software tools that help her stay organized, her philosophy on videos place in podcasting, which we all know is a hot button topic right now, and more. But first, let's begin with Megan's foray into audio. Yeah, so I guess I started out doing student radio. My sixth form had a little station and I kept tweeting in requests to the point where they were like, do you just want to come and do a show and play your own music? (laughs) And so I was like, yeah. And then I ended up doing TV and radio at uni and just completely abandoning the TV side and just really falling in love with speech radio because I really enjoyed how it only takes one person to create audio, whereas Mm -hmm. like TV, you have to rely on lots of people, which means more things can go wrong. And I like being really self-sufficient. So I ended up being station manager of the speech-based student radio station and then just got into making podcasts because it's like nice and fun and ended up doing a master's at Sunderland Uni in podcasting and audio and radio. That's a course? Yeah, it is. Like a new one? Um, So there's been a master's in radio for ages, but they changed the name of it to MA Radio, Audio and Podcasting two years ago, I think. And then a few more in the UK have sprouted up since. And I think it's caused a bit of a, not a debate, but there's lots of people who rightly say, oh, you don't need a master's to go into it, and you don't. But what I would say is doing the master's gave me an opportunity to create things, you know, education aside, I was able to create things for a year and get connected Mm -hmm. with the industry and just really find where my skill sets stood. Whereas if you're building up podcasting as a side hustle, you can't dedicate 24 hours of your time to it. So there's pros and cons to obviously getting in student debt and stuff. But for me, it was right when the pandemic sort of was really kicking off and I knew that I needed to do something to keep the momentum going to get my audio career going and it's paid off because now I'm full-time at Edit Audio which is a global queer-owned production company who are mission-driven to create more space for underrepresented folks in audio so sort of nice to end up at a really nice company. (laughs) Yeah that's awesome. So were you connected with them through your program or did you kind of find them on, on your own? A friend of mine through doing student radio in the UK was already was working with them and they needed an extra freelancer and she recommended me and then I was freelancing whilst finishing up my master's and then luckily six months later they were hiring full-time and I was like please please me and it's just been the dream ever since. <laughs> totally okay so 
for someone who, you know, maybe doesn't have master's program and is trying to like bootstrap themselves into the industry, what's your biggest tip for landing that first gig? Just networking, just talk to people, Twitter. I, I know it's sort of a bit going a bit chaotic at the moment, <laughs> but it was a really good networking tool, better than LinkedIn. And there's all sorts of, especially in the UK, there's all sorts of like hubs you can crack into. If you're in the US, the Podcast Academy, there's all of these little avenues that are making it a more accessible industry to get into. There's lots of wild Facebook groups that are really big and I don't know how much success people get finding work in them, but just connecting and making as many friends you can in industry, especially if you're freelancing, because all you need is one person to recommend you to another and then it snowballs and then you can hopefully be successful. Yeah, I've gotten so much referral work in podcasting. It's crazy. So let's talk Mina AF. I reached out to you because I saw on Twitter that you guys had reached 100k and I think that was like several weeks ago so I'm sure yeah. you're even further along now so you're a producer on the show and I was listening to one episode where you were like an on-air producer too which was really fun <laughs> so I'm curious your approach to making content for the show and how you think about the creative and you can introduce who Mina is a little bit too yeah, so Mina is a presenter on HDTV. She's got a TV show, Good Bones, and like other stuff. And she's basically grown a big following by renovating all of these houses and just being re this really cool person in Indiana. And we partnered up with Edit Audio, partnered up with AdLodge and Mina's team to get Mina a podcast going so that she could connect with her audience and we've ended up just like on a bit of a mission to break down stigmas and to talk about subjects that people often are uncomfortable to talk about. So we've talked about grief a fair bit of her husband, Steve, which, you know, men's mental health is such an important topic. Everyone's mm -hmm. mental health is an important talk topic, but it's really resonated. I think hearing a man talk about his feelings and his struggles and then the controversial side to getting plastic surgery done. We had Mina Surgeon on and that was like really fun and just hearing that side of things. And so we just sort of approach each topic with uh, let's no judgment. It's a judgment free zone. Let's just find out as much as we can, get an expert in or get somebody who's passionate about talking about these things. As well as that, we also want to open it up as well to Mina's audience and give them a chance to get involved and talk. So we've got mm -hmm. a little voicemail box yeah. and every now and again, we'll go through the voicemail box and answer a bunch of questions. And it's always really interesting because you've got all of these people from all over the world that have got things that they want to say and ask. And it's just such a nice, unique way to connect with someone rather than just like replying in a comment. You can get a bit more of a personal rapport going. So that's that's really fun. <laughs> yeah, I produced a show for the Bella Twins. They are WWE wrestlers and reality stars. They're now called the Garcia Twins. Anyway, listening to the show made me think of that. I was like, oh, that's a very similar kind of gig. And what's awesome about it is you do have this built-in audience that you can use to kind of generate topics and be more in conversation with them than, you know, if you're just starting a show and there's no built-in audience, then you're like finding those people first. So you're not talking to them right away. 
Yeah, and I think that's why it's been such a hit with her followers already because Mina is such a candid, honest person and it's just so refreshing, especially in the world of social media where people lie and they edit and they Photoshop and stuff. It's just like raw, honest thoughts and it's just been really nice to connect that and have it sort of out in the world. Hey besties, as podcast creators, we are always on the lookout for effective ways to grow our audiences, right? That's probably why you're listening to this. And that is why I am so excited to introduce you to Mopod Boost Self-Serve. It is a game-changing tool designed specifically for small to medium-sized podcast creators like you and me. And if you are a paid podcast bestie subscriber, you already know I am a huge Mopod Boost fan. They are at the top of my leaderboard in terms of cost-effective podcast advertising right now. And don't just take it from me. They are already trusted by industry giants like Condé Nast, iHeartMedia, and the HubSpot Podcast Network. So I am confident that Mopod Boost Self-Serve is going to quickly become your go-to for listener growth because I am using it myself. I use it on all of my podcasts. They are the sponsor for Podcast Bestie Season 1. And so we are going gangbusters and I'm seeing incredible results. And I also pay to use it on my other podcasts. I use it for Private Parts Unknown. And I've been seeing very impressive growth that is really helping me out on the monetization side. And I keep reinvesting and I'm seeing great results. And I also use it for The Bleeders, my podcast about book writing and publishing and it's helping me find the very niche audience that I need to find for that podcast. And you can see the results on the back end, at least one-to-one, sometimes even more. You get a lot of bang for your buck. So I encourage you to try it out and see the results for yourself. And the best part about it is for being a bestie, you get 10% off. So if you use the referral link in the description, you are going to get 10% off. And that means instead of 90 cents per download, you are going to pay 81 cents per download. And you can get started for as little as $100. So get out there, besties. Grow that show. Let me know what you think. I think you're going to love it. So, okay, I listened to you started, you released an episode in December and it was like Meet Mina and it was like a 25-minute-ish episode and I didn't know Mina before and I was like, whoa, you went deep in that first episode. It's like about her parents' divorces and like all this stuff that was fascinating, but you know, we just dropped right in. And then there was a teaser, I think, in early January and then brilliantly you launched the first like real episode with Ashley Flowers right so explain (laughs) how you thought about and I know that there's a team involved but like how you guys were thinking about how to lay out those first couple episodes and string it out like that because I was like that's actually like a very smart use of those three pieces of content to like really start out with a bang so I would say the most important lesson for starting any podcast ever is to just get as many episodes in the bank first before you even think about launching because you'll very quickly run out of them as well and then you'll be panic scrambling for (laughs) content to get together and so you know we were in pre-production for a good six months I think before we launched gathering ideas and reaching out to people and you know when you first reach out of a podcast sort of saying we don't really know like necessarily how it's going to turn out yet or like all those sorts of things so 
it was quite nice, I think for Mina as well, for the first initial episodes to be with people that she knew and trusted. So her husband, her surgeon, who's also like friends of her husband, and Ashley, who, because they live in Indiana, it's a small place apparently. Yeah. And so they were already like good friends and it was a really natural conversation because they knew each other and it was really fun to edit as well. It's always it's always a pleasure when there's two people that are chatting and joking and it's just funny to listen as you work along with it. Yeah, at first I was like, oh, this was really smart casting, you know, essentially for that first big episode. But then it turns out they do know each other and there is like this really real relationship. So it's like kind of double benefit because you did get to go deep and learn about Mina, but you have this like podcasting star to help you kick things off. So how has the rest of the season been going? And yeah, if there's anything upcoming you can share that's been fun to make? Um, yeah, there's all sorts going on. It's it's always chaotic, I think is a good way of describing it just because we cover such a range of topics. Yeah. So, you know, one minute we'll be talking about grief, the next minute we'll be talking about sex therapy. We had a sex therapist on last week. That was super interesting. Um, and then controversially as well, Mina did an episode about vibrators, which again, it's just one of those things that it's good, especially if you've got an audience that's predominantly women to be talking about those sorts of things. So yeah, we've got all sorts of guests lined up. What I've been working on this week is some more question box episodes and going through the audience. And it's really nice because now people are starting to not just leave questions, but to leave anecdotes and to tell us oh. how they're like enjoying the podcast and you know for example people are really connecting with the grief episode and to hear people you know it's it's one thing to read a review that someone's written saying that it connected with them but to hear them say it it's been quite powerful and I it took me off guard listening to some of the voice messages and be like oh this is more than just like a fun silly little podcast it's really like resonating with people and even if it just resonates with one person you've got a successful show so it's great to do that on a, a relatively big scale <laughs> yeah totally so I was curious because you know she's an HGTV star so from what I heard so far it's like lifestyle stuff and like about her life are there plans to do anything in the home improvement space on the show so yeah basically <laughs> we've got a few things lined up we really want to do an episode where she solely answers design questions uh -huh. um, and to maybe get a few people in from her world to do that with her because we think that would be like quite nice to especially if you're a fan of the show to see the people that are involved in it and to get some proper advice going and then we've also got coming up an episode with one of her previous, oh, I've forgotten her title, but somebody that was a designer on the show for like when they did the the staged houses. And that is definitely going to be a hit. It's got some cheeky behind the scenes gossip. Again, it's absolutely hilarious because they're just talking about the woes that is working on a, on a TV show in quite, a, in quite a hectic world. So yeah, there's a few things on the cards, hopefully for, for fans of the TV show. In my experience, every celebrity show I've worked on is chaotic. <laughs> like it, it just has to be kind of just by the nature of their jobs and busyness and stuff like that. Mm. So how do you as a producer try to keep everything straight? Like even on the back end, do you have any tips or strategies for making sure everything stays organized and you're producing at the top of your game? I think being over-prepared is never a bad thing because it's fine to have lots of prompts ready and lots of research done and to make your host as prepared as they can be. 
And then if they don't use any of the prompts, if the conversation goes really natural and goes completely away, that's great because you've got mm-hmm. the best conversation you possibly could. If you send them into a conversation without any prep, then I presume I've never <laughs> done it, but I presume then it's just a bit awkward and stilted because they do need things to rely on. So I definitely make sure that you're prepared, you're researched, you've briefed your host before it starts and given them a heads up. You know, I try to give at least 24 hours notice with the prep that I do so that there's time to go through things. And if there's any questions or if there's any hesitations, they can be resolved rather than it being like two minutes before, okay, here's a person put in front of you. I don't know how like live TV anchors and people like that roll off the bat and can just (laughs) improv off a document. I have to be so like prepared. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Do you use any software or anything like that that helps? Are you like a Notion person or a Google Drive Docs person or what do you use for that stuff? All of the things. We've got an Airtable for the production side of things. I personally use Notion so that I can keep a track of my like little tick boxes and goals and things because it's not just me and RF that I work on. I work on like a bunch of things and making them all fit together and getting the timings right can be a bit of a juggle. And then we use Riverside to record. Obviously, I'm in the UK and Mina's in Indiana. So luckily, she's such a morning person. So time difference has barely been an issue. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we record remotely over Riverside, which is... A really nice like studio setup it's a bit like zoom but but not and then yeah we use google drive to keep all of the documents in check and then i edit in adobe audition and also we use the script so that we make little transcripts so when we send the episodes out to review for the different teams that are involved they can just go through the transcript and add little comments on google docs so it's a collaborative document and yeah it all flows <laughs> that's awesome Hey besties, I am so excited because the show already has 26 ratings on Apple Podcast, 26 five-star ratings, and I want to take a second to shout out the BFFs who took the time to leave five-star ratings and reviews. It means the freaking world to me. So I got a review from Karin Down from the Mere Mortals podcast, and Karin's going to be on Podcast Bestie very soon talking about v for v podcast, so I'm really excited to share that with you. And Karen said, off to a strong start. Hard to go past James Cridland as a first guest. Funnily enough, I don't get sick of podcasts about podcasts. And Courtney has an infectious laugh, which makes it more fun. And I also got a review from CC826826. So helpful. As someone starting out in the field of podcasting, I found Courtney's podcast and newsletter to be so incredibly helpful. Keep up the good work. Looking forward to hearing more. About IDB says, great information. The podcast space is really unique and it's not always as simple as having a microphone and a message. I'm excited to continue to learn about the art and craft of podcasting from Podcast Bestie. I've already gotten great tips and ideas right off the start with episode one and I am looking forward to more. Thank you about IDB. Please hit me up and let me know who you are so I can shout you out. And if you want to be a BFF who makes my freaking day, please go to Apple Podcasts, leave me a five-star rating and review. Either leave your name and your show info in the rating and review or send me an email with a screenshot and I will shout you out on the next episode. So let's talk social media. So Mina had a big social media audience to capitalize on. 
how did you guys think about that going into it and getting into the marketing side of like making sure that her audience was going to know and you guys could have a great launch? I'll be honest, I had very little to do with any of the the marketing points around it because we do collaborate with with AdLarge and obviously when Mina's got such a pre-established audience, it's kind of hard for me with my little like 2000 followers to try and tell anyone right. how to engage with their audience. So I think we I think from what it feels like we tried to be as like organic as possible and like and with having the voice machine, the little link for to leave answer messages, that was a way to sort of soft launch and connect early on. We had that link up for quite a few months before we actually started recording. So people were able to sort of get a tease and get a feel for what was going on. And then we kind of just sort of like hard launched after the trailer went out on socials. It was like, here's some episodes, have a listen, let us know what you think. For the episodes like the surgery one, Mina reposted all of the like comparison pictures. And that was a really good way for people to get interested because they could see the pictures and then be like, oh, there's a full story I can go and listen to. So that seemed to do well. I'm just sort of starting to get into making little video social clips for some of our other shows at Edit Audio because I really do think that visualisation for podcasts is a good thing. But for the majority of shows, I think it's good to just focus on having the odd little, you know, 10, 30 second clip rather than putting a big, like, long video production out because I don't think a video show is the same as a podcast. <laughs> but but that's been fun. I've just started dabbling around. And Riverside has actually made it this, this last week really easy to get video social clips. You can now search, like, a keyword and it will point you to that point in the video where you said something and then you can instead of searching for ages to find the clip it'll just take you right there so that's been a fun little project I've been doing recently for one of our original shows while adjusting and yeah it's been it's a learning curve for me because I really do want to get into you know a bit more video production to upskill myself because it's very clear that that's the way podcasting is going in terms of marketing so you just gotta try things see how they go If it doesn't work, drop it. Try something new. (laughs) Yes, test and learn. Exactly. Okay, so I've been asking everyone this recurring question. I have three podcasts now. I'm addicted. Um, (laughs) I have (laughs) Private Parts Unknown, which is my longest running one. It's about love and sexuality around the world. It does pretty well, but I'm really like trying to take it to the next level so that it's actually profitable. And then I have The Bleeders, which is about book writing and publishing. Honestly, I'm just trying to sell a book and it's great networking. (laughs) (laughs) And then obviously you're on Podcast Bestie right now. So audit me, basically. Is there one tip that you think I should implement or stop doing or try something new? Anything just looking in that you would offer as an audit? I really do think that TikTok and Instagram reels can be revolutionary to the way a lot of people Mm -hmm. find shows. It's where I'd say I've found most of the shows that I now listen to in the past 12 months. Mm -hmm. So it's all about making yourself as discoverable as possible. I personally have never like flicked through the iTunes charts to see what I should be listening to. It's if I've seen a funny clip on TikTok that's made me go, oh, this is funny. And then I see another one. I'm like, okay, I'm going to give this podcast a chance. I'm very into comedy podcasts and that sort Mm -hmm. of thing. So it's quite easy for me to find podcasts like that because comedians are used to putting themselves out there like that. 
And I think that you should be embracing video personally, but also I really love how podcasting is a very unique tool for connecting with someone and how you should always talk to your audience as if you're just talking to one person because that's what makes them feel like they are really connected to the to the person that's speaking so there's getting a balance right you don't have to go full scale video production multicam setup but there is something that can be said for making yourself as discoverable as possible being on as many platforms as possible and just making sure that people know where to find you First of all, I love the differentiation of like, yeah, it's not the same show. It's not the same art to try to make a great video podcast and a great audio podcast. Like I edit them totally different. I'm trying to get into video a little bit more too. And, you know, you don't edit out as many things and like it's just it's just totally to me a totally different (laughs) process. But I think that's a great tip too of like, Yeah, you don't have to be your full scale show on YouTube necessarily, but having a solid piece that's there where people can find you and making that part of your release. I think that's a really good idea. Awesome. Is there anything else you want to tell the besties before we wrap up? Um, If anyone's in the UK, we're going to be at Podcast Show London. So come find us, our booth. We're going to be bringing hopefully season of on the road which is our little like set up we set up a little sound booth and invite people in to to come and like share their secrets almost so come and check us out there and you can find us we've got a newsletter we do a monthly indie pod shout out so get in touch and yeah thank you for having me The podcast show 2023 is at the Design Center in London, May 24th and 25th. So stop by and say hi to Megan if you're in town. And for more information, you can check out the website, thepodcastshowlondon.com. And there is a link in the episode description to sign up for the monthly edit audio newsletter that she mentioned. Thank you so much to Megan for sharing such great information. And thank you so much for tuning into Podcast Bestie and sticking with us to the end last week's episode with Devin Andrade from Tink Media touched on the creative side of podcast marketing we also talked about podcast accessibility and transcripts and how to get started with that and it included a few different opportunities to have your podcast featured so I hope you all called the pod at me hotline I'm planning to call in today I have a really great podcast recommendation for all the details on Devin and how to submit make sure you go back and check out that episode episode if you haven't listened yet. And you can check out my other podcasts, Private Parts Unknown, which is about love and sexuality around the world, and The Bleeders about book writing and publishing for more of my audio creations. And I'm also teaching a class. I am teaching another class through Pandemic University. This time it is a one-day intensive. We are doing it on May 13th, which is a Saturday, and it is going to be just a three-hour jam fest on how to grow and monetize your show, all of my strategies and philosophies for how to do that, how to make the money ecosystem work as an indie podcaster. I am just going to be laying it all out. (laughs) You are going to get way more information than you maybe even wanted, but I think it's going to help you figure out how to set up your system. So check that out. More information in the description on that. 
And in between episodes, you can stay in touch with me at Courtney Kosak. That is K-O-C-A-K on Instagram and Twitter. And I send out lots of newsletter exclusives to my besties as well. So make sure you are signed up for Podcast Bestie on Substack. That's the newsletter version. That is podcastbestie.substack.com slash welcome. Of course, there's a link in the description. And until next time, happy podcasting. Bye, bestie.